From Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. All right, I'm Mike, and I'm here with Matt. What's happening? And we have a special guest for another bonus episode. Bonus episode, and um, getting to where I really like these bonus episodes, and we get a lot of feedback from the uh, from the audience about the bonus episodes. So we'll keep them rolling. Today we have Dickie T from the Koala Club, and Dickie just celebrated two years. Is that right? Two years. Two years of recovery. And um, she's been coming to the Koala Club for a while, a little over two years, right? A little over two years. Yeah, a little over two years. Well, actually, years. a little under. I'm still in jail two years ago. Oh, okay. This time, so. Well, that. <laughs> Some people say the Koala Club's the same thing. <laughs> jail, Koala Club, whatever. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe. From that. <laughs> they have koalas in jail, just in Australia, not here. So, um, I've had an opportunity to actually listen to Dickie's story, and it's pretty phenomenal. It actually reminds me a lot of one of my family members' story. And um and the aftermath of Dickie's story actually also reminds me a lot of the aftermath, the family part of, of the story. And it only gets better. You know, I can attest it only gets better, you know, the longer we stay in recovery. So um, we're going to start out with Matt. Going to ask a couple of questions, and then we'll let Dickie just roll on into her story. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to ask anything right off the bat. We we uh, I have heard you speak as well. And uh, you've got a great story, and that's why we wanted you on here. And you're one of our favorite people on the planet too. So that, which we say that about everybody. So I don't know if you should feel special. Everybody well, so feel far, you're the most you know, important person. That's in the right, world. right now. Um, but uh, but um, no, we wanted to have you on here. I think people that, that you know we're doing this for people that maybe are curious about getting into the program and trying to do it. So this is something they can listen to and so that's the that's the people we're trying to talk to so you just kind of start with the beginning or wherever you feel like you want to start okay okay well you know i was born and raised in alaska and it was phenomenal i had the most amazing childhood my parents were great you know there wasn't alcohol and drugs in my home i mean they taught us to tell the truth and be honest and I miss those lessons, I think, because I don't feel that I ever told the truth or was honest uh, from a very young age. But it, it was incredible. I um, started riding horses when I was real young. And, uh, you know, my dad asked me what I wanted for my birthday, I think, when I was eight or nine. I said, a pony. So I got me some lessons, and then I got a pony, and, and I really just, that was my jam. I was all about, we had horses and cows and chickens, and I did 4-H and FFA, and we were busy and family of the year and all this great stuff. And... uh I'm really, really blessed to have the parents I did. And, uh, you know, I got to travel when I was young. So I was the first Alaskan to ever qualify and then go to and then place in the top 10 um, the World Championship Quarter Horse Show. And I was 16. Mm. I didn't go to no juniors. I went to the big boy show. And, uh, God, it was an incredible experience. Um, now, was that in Alaska? No, it was in Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. So we drove 6,000 miles. With a horse that looked like a marshmallow. Hauling a horse, yeah. Yeah, hauling a horse. You rode on a horse? <laughs> the horse rode in the trailer, and I rode the truck. And and I, just, <laughs> I have to add that uh, Matt was rather fond of ponies when he was 16, but those were the Miller Lite ponies. <laughs> well, well, I remember those. We had one at a birthday party one time. I'm not going to get into that, but my dad will remember that, and it was bunk. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And it was bunk? It was a hood pony. That's all I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Pony. <laughs> so we're in Oklahoma City. We're in Oklahoma City. Top place in the top ten in the world, which was incredible, you know. But 
also from a very young age, like nothing was good enough. Like I, I won state titles and championships and was the best always and destroyed my competition. I just always was searching, I felt. And, and of course, I didn't realize that till much later, but I went to college in Washington State. I um, moved to Hawaii when I was 21, 22. Um, had an amazing experience there. And for the first time, really, uh, I got into some crystal meth. They call it ice over there. And uh, it just ravaged my life real quick in a short amount of time. And I had to get out of there. So Hawaii? I had to get out of Hawaii? Yeah. There's crystal meth in Hawaii. Oh, they call it ice. It was the first time. And this is the bounty hunter, dude. No. It's all well, and this over is 25 there. years ago. Like, so think of that. I mean, yeah. 26, 27. Mm. Um, and I thought it was just a phase. You know, really, I did when I got out of there. And I ended up coming to Louisiana and, um, you know, met my husband and my kids and you met your kids in Louisiana. Had my kids in Louisiana. So your husband's from here? No, he's from Virginia Beach, and he's my ex-husband. But um, I get it. Good so, guy, good dad. But you met him here in Louisiana. I did, I did, and um, you know, got married and, and did all the things I thought you're supposed to. I, I was a good wife, good mom, had the kids, and and you just still had that feeling, you know, nothing was enough. And uh, so. I don't know. Things got hard. Life got hard. And uh, I hurt my back and mm. uh, started taking pills. You know, and they handed them to you back then. Again, this is 25 years ago. Yeah. 20, 25 years ago. And they're handing me, you know, 90 mm. pills at a time. So I uh, started taking pills and, and a lot. And then the lying and the cheating and all that started with the prescriptions and the saying they were my, for my husband or, you know, just drinking my kid's cough syrup. I mean, bad, bad, bad. And. You know, he just couldn't take it anymore. Had to look out for those kids, so. These just pain pills? Yeah, a lot of pain pills. 20 a day, maybe, is where I, I was at. And so. Uh, now, you had quit doing the crystal? Yeah, when I moved here, I got clean. You know, cause, again, I didn't think of it like a problem. I just thought I'd like to do some drugs in Hawaii, you know. And so I really didn't think I'm an ad drug addict by any means. Yeah. You know, and I'm in my early 20. Yeah, I like to party, so. Getting here, and, and I didn't do any of that. Didn't drink, didn't party like that. I mean, occasionally we'd go out, we'd do all the stuff, but it, it wasn't, or it controlled my life by any means. And uh, I sure didn't lie, cheat, and steal to get it and hide it like I did with those pills. And yeah. Had to have back surgery twice, and, um, you know, I was fixed then. I was fixed. So they didn't think I needed those pills anymore. So the back surgery took care of whatever the ailment was. That's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't believe it. I still needed those pills, and now, you know, I've, I've got a habit. And uh, the lion, just the stealing and all of it, it was bad. It was bad. So, you know, my husband had to look out for those kids and, and decided, you know, tried to get me help. I went and got on Suboxone, and that became a nightmare, you know, just like everything. And still didn't think I had a problem. <laughs> got arrested, went to drug court. Still didn't think I had a problem. Just, you know, I need to probably slow down, you know, all the lies we tell ourselves. And so, you Manage know, it. The manage it part. Oh, well, if I could just the bullshit part. Yeah, you know, so, the lies you tell that's yourself. What we think, the though. justification, like I could justify any behavior I had. Sure. Stealing my kids' birthday money to buy drugs, like yeah. that's. So help me out here. Suboxone. What is it? I don't. I don't know. It's what like it is. methadone. It's a okay it's an opiate blocker. Opiate blocker. It's, a, it's a drug you take to not take another drug. Okay, yep. I got exactly. you. Exactly. I've heard of it before. The, just the problem never. is here's the great problem. And I didn't do suboxone, but the methadone I did with my pill stuff. It's worse than the daggone oh, pills. Bad. And it's legal. Well, They're and if you take it as directed, you know. But of course I could I could get my prescriptions of those and take what I needed and I'm I'm taking 
you know, three, eight, big old eight thing. Anyway, bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. So I get in drug court and they're going to allow me to take Spoxones, but they monitor it and I take some Adderall, you know, mess that all up. So I, I was telling him I had to get off Suboxone in jail and it probably is the only way that would have worked. Cold turkey. Cold turkey. Withdrawals, the whole nine. Oh, years. all of it. They don't give a damn. In jail. In jail. They gave me a, a gummy bear vitamin when I was in detox. They yeah. were like, "Take this." I was like, "I just remember people lining up for the B12 shot." I didn't get any of that. I, I got didn't no either. good stuff. I didn't get anything out of it. Of course, it, all I did was read and stay to myself and try and just not get in trouble and and be good. And you know, I started. Uh, I got baptized in jail. Pentecostal, did you? yeah, Pentecostals came in, and I'm like, "Well, I'm here. Might as well." So <laughs> that'd be my fourth time. I'm sweating but, anyway, so the well, water feels good. You know, a big horse trough in the in the showers. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. I have been baptized Pentecostal myself. Yeah. And the only the only time I've ever been baptized was Pentecostal. So it's pretty. We got the Alaska connection. <laughs> we got the baptism and Pentecostal religion connection. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, cool. It's pretty cool stuff right, we got going. Right. There. But you know, I just I knew that I would drink one day. I really think about the use, and I didn't think it was a problem again. You know, I just got caught. And so, uh, you, know, I, you know, drug court's like an 18-month program. It took me three years to get out of there because I really just have always felt the rules just don't apply to me. They're kind of a suggestion for everyone else. And uh, drug court teaches you real quick, the rule, <laughs> real quick the rules do apply to you, and there's penance for not <laughs> fighting by those rules. So I spent a lot of time in jail. A um, couple of days here, a couple of days there, and I just get out and do it again. I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I didn't mean to be that way. I really didn't. I mean, I, I have a big heart and I'm kind to everyone, but damn it, I like to use drugs. I just I do. And so um, they were my escape. They, they made everything okay. And I'm talking when things are good, take some, take some drugs. When things are bad, take some drugs all the time. Um, so I got out and got a, you know, I had a friend that passed away from pills and, uh, you know, I watched her and, and, you know, my ex-husband said, your kids are scared to death. That's going to happen to you. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. I don't use drugs like she did. So clipping along, you know, I get this great job, and then I, I start drinking out of town a little because at this point I've been clean four years. I mean, that's three, four years. I took a drink here, there, smoked a joint here, there, but I was for me, that was clean, clean. And I wasn't counting days, and I wasn't going to meetings anymore, but I was, my standard's clean. Yeah, Do so, you have a sponsor or anything? Well, Dana, I mean, Andrew was my sponsor when I first got there, but after drug court, I didn't, I didn't really need a sponsor anymore because... Yeah, you completed drug court though. You <laughs> yeah, got your little. Certificate. I did. Well, okay, I did. My fel- you know that's why I have no felonies. I mean, I don't have any felonies. Arrested thirteen times. It's a miracle. <laughs> One felony. But again, um, reminds me a lot of my family. <laughs> <laughs> thirteen times. Um, yeah, I I just would drink out of town, you know, because I travel a lot for work, and so I'd go out with you know the, the GMs or the sales, you know, whatever case, and that that would be only out of town because then nobody nobody saw, nobody knew, and. uh then became a lot out of town, and then became on the way home. And then drinking was just it. And then the meth started because it was cheaper than pills. And I was so much better on meth, you know, <laughs> so much better on meth. And so just I pushed that for a couple of years, and and I lost my job, and I told people to you know fuck off, and I pushed everybody away, and I just want to be left alone. I didn't see what the big deal was about me just staying home and doing my. Be, what's the big deal? I'm not hurting anybody. You know, I just couldn't be more wrong, but I was coming back. You know, my son had knee surgery, and uh, I mean, he, he had Tommy John surgery. So I went down, I had my daughter's car, which she had not yet been given yet because it was her, coming up on her 16th birthday. Gotcha. But, you know, I have a two-seater. My son can't fit in that car, so I had to take, you know, my ex-husband owns the car, take it down and, and get him to the doctor, get checkup done, you know, on his major surgery he has had. And uh, 
I leave there to pick up drugs and, uh, you know, go party for a couple days. And uh, when I got pissed where I was and left and told them all to fuck off, well, just one person, but, you know, I got arrested. I got, I, I, I came up to a roadblock and drove right up. Like anyone else in their right mind would, mind would turn the fuck around. And where's this at? Oh, this was on the Natchez Parkway, which is federal property in rural Mississippi. The state of Mississippi. <laughs> Again, the federal property part was the. Yes. So I drive up there and they're like, what's going on? And I am all, you know, obviously I've been up and high and I, I've got drugs in the car and it wasn't good. And they said, you need to come with us, you know. And so uh, there I'm in jail, 13th time arrested. And uh, I have no one to blame but myself because I, I have no one around anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and so I called to let them know their must little mix up. <laughs> I've been arrested, and nobody's coming to get you. That's what I was told. Who'd you call? Well, so I called my friend Abby first. I called my son Hayden, which you know I've played that conversation that I had with him over and over in my head, and like I just I don't want to ever have a conversation with like that him like that again. Was he here? No, he was at school. He just had major surgery. You know, he plays okay. for, you know, just the whole thing. Like, no 22-year-old, 21-year-old kid should have to be getting Go, a call yeah. from his mother from yeah. jail saying, hey, I need to get bailed out. It's usually the other way around. <sighs> yeah. You know, I called my boss. He was out. I my friend. I mean, they're just, the family has decided. That's what I was told. <laughs> the family has decided. Family <laughs> has decided you're staying put for a little That's while. Not what you want to hear in jail. <laughs> you know? Well, and here I am. And anyway, apparently they had a meeting at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got together on this. They did, and and I sat there for 15 days, y'all, and it just like and, and the worst part is is like I didn't know if anyone was ever coming to get me. So I have a question, real quick. <laughs> so. Yeah. And and I, I do not know the answer to this, and and pardon my lack of of legal issues. <laughs> But when you get arrested on federal property, it's obviously a federal crime. Is there a difference in the jail you go to, or you just go to a regular? Well, they take you to the closest one, okay. um, and a state trooper took me. But when I got there, Mississippi DEA was waiting for me. So I had three agencies involved. DEA? Mississippi DEA, state. Yeah. State trooper's one that took me, and really he was just a transporter, and he was one of the nicest guys ever. I mean, he was very, you know... Told him I'm just an addict, you know. At this point, I I said it like I'm a drug addict. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I wish you the best of luck. I mean, they were nothing but nice. But I got, yeah, I got pulled in a different room, and I was there for quite a while. Um, There's some people who want to talk to me, <laughs> you know. You had how much, or you had a lot? Well, I don't know, a couple grams, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're in rural Mississippi on federal property and you're already high and your license expired and the car you're in is your ex-husband, like. The shit's just stacking yeah, on top at this yeah. point. And and to be honest with you, as I sat there <laughs> shackled to that stool, I'm like, well, what are you going to do now? What the, I, What's your thought process? You thinking long-term in jail stuff here? Or you thinking, I don't know. I'm scared to death, and I'm high. I'm so high. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm high in all the way you can be high. I'm drunk. I'm stoned. It's just all of it. And, and, and now I'm really getting sober, though, quick. So, um. I thought, here I am again. Like, what's it going to take for you to learn? And so that's when I found out, you know, I'd be staying for a while. And they took me to court and they dropped, you know, I'm out of state. So they don't want to just let you go. But I'm going to tell you all, 90% of the, the cases and the, the stuff that was in there was for drugs. That's that's really sad. Yeah. These people are, are yeah. 
so I, I I'm sitting there. Finally, they lowered my bond just so they could get me out of there. <laughs> well, do you remember what they, it was before? Well, I think it was five thousand. It was nothing, y'all. But I had to come up with ten percent of that, and uh, they got it down to where it was five hundred bucks. Okay. So I got a tweaker friend of mine to come get me and uh, for fifty bucks. <laughs> not even have to pay him. He just showed up. I don't. <laughs> I don't have the answers, but there he was. <laughs> They're finally like, Dicky, give us two dollars and you can get out something. <laughs> You've been here Go fifteen looking. days. Yeah. You haven't <laughs> changed. The, you know? the, the judge said, uh, like. What can I do to get you out of here? Because you know I'm the only girl in there, and I'm, I'm tying up a yeah, I'm tying up a whole Small holding up. cell, you know, because I'm the only girl. Yeah, and they're like, we need you out. Yeah, we got a bunch of dudes. Yeah. To live in here. <laughs> uh, no other girls came into jail the two weeks. Yeah, I was they don't there. care if you're a dude; they'll just jam more dudes in there. Yeah, you know? but they'd got to go outside. They get to have family day. Like I went through all this. <laughs> I was like, where's my family on family day? Anyway, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. And I would watch as cars would go by, hoping that I recognize somebody car that was driving down the road like on you know route one or something in rural mississippi now is this on your way home or why are you sitting in jail no that was why i was sitting in jail but he, he did finally come get me and he's you know I, it took me two days to get home um and From i was yeah okay yeah well i had to get to his house and then you know he had to sleep for a couple of days because he had been high you know it just it, it really was it made me sick to my stomach to be in that environment um which used to just get me so excited. Like, that makes sense. Part of my high was getting the drugs and doing the drugs and the whole anticipation of it all, and I didn't care where I was and who I was around. And that that's fucking scary. That's really scary. Um, but, yeah, I got out. I had a flat tire. My house was for sale. My shit was in storage, and I was homeless. Was your house here in Bozier? Yeah, right around the corner. Oh, okay. Right there. And so, uh, yeah, but... I. I, I where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. And I just showed up at my aunt's house. And, you know, my family have told everybody, so she knew. And um, I didn't know what to do. So the next day I got and looked for a job. Tweaker. And <laughs> I showed up to the house with my tweaker friend. My I had a flat tire. And he put the tire on for me and, and took off. And uh, we well, put the tire on backwards. And so, one of your tweaker friends, <laughs> the tweaker. You're friend. using tweaker Uber. We've <laughs> no, already covered listen, that. The, the guy tw- from Mississippi. This he is had the to sleep tweaker. at all. It's the same tweaker. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's got issues. Well, we need well to move on with this. However, yeah. I can say if you can stay up for a week at a time, you're highly productive. <laughs> yeah. Well, not when it comes to put a tire on. I guess great because you know. Well, you know they anyway, do have to be on. Forward. I don't know if I like well, this guy or don't like I, this guy right now. I don't Go ahead. Either, but the tire went flat. The other tire had the metal sticking out. Like I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any options. It was 150,000 degrees outside. I had a phone that I had to be on Wi-Fi to call anyone. And uh, I had to walk in, in a, you know, I was dressed really nice in a nice interview dress, you know, to go get a job, to Circle K on the side of the road um, to use their, their phone to call somebody. Well, who the fuck am I going to call? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Like, who am I going to call? So you were not a pay phone. They're, they're inside the building. I'm walking in. I don't even have money for a pay phone. Even if there was a payphone, I, 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 I'm going to have to, you know, show my boobs or something. I don't know, but I need to use the phone. Is all she's spent all her change to get out of jail. <laughs> and okay? it's never. She has I, no quarters. It's never no worked quarters. for me. I've tried. <laughs> what, the showing your boobs? Yeah. Yeah, I've never made a nickel. Not one. Well, we, that's a different discussion for a different day. And he's that from is. Mississippi. <laughs> that's right. I might know the guy that was fixing your tire, by the way. I'm, you probably We'll talk do. about that later. Yeah, again, another, what they call it, sidebar. What's well, sidebar? Anyway, I am. Um, I asked them if I could use their phone. They were so nice. And they said, yeah. And I called Phil. 
who I had met when I was in drug court and had been going to AA, and I had called him a couple times, you know, when things were bad, because I was spiraling for a while, you know, and I, I knew it, especially when I started using meth all the time. Like, I knew that this wasn't good. And so he, uh, he said, where are you? He came. He came. I had to get two tires. <laughs> you know, my car's six inches off the ground, right? So, like, here he is. He's... he's. Now we're talking oh, about the Z? Yeah. Okay. But we're talking about Phil, too. Yeah. Who's, you know, <laughs> older. I mean, he's been sober for, what, 100 years? Yeah. Okay. 150, so there he is. He's already got back problems. He's got a sciatic. He's got neck. You know, all the stuff. And there he is out there trying to change my tire. So he... Got me another spare because I didn't have a spare. <laughs> Anyways, he took me over there and I said, I, I can't pay you back. Like, he said, just fucking stay sober. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> just like this. It does. And we went to a meeting. That was my first meeting. And, um, Qual Club? Qual Club. Which again, I'd been to before. I mean, I went to meet three, four meetings a week there. You know, I, I, I knew all that. And this was different. Like, I was beat up and broken and, and I had nothing left. I, I had no fight in me. And uh, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, it was fucking horrible. So I, I got in there, and you know what was cool? For just that hour, like, I didn't hurt for just a little bit of time. Like, for that hour, I, I, I didn't think about all the destruction and devastation I'd caused for just a minute. You know, it was a little bit of relief. So I came back the next day, and I kept coming back, and... I got a sponsor, you know. When I got there, I I was terrified of everything. And this is a girl who was raised on a farm in Alaska, you know, I don't get scared. This is scared like I've never known. This is this is something you can't fight on your own. You can't tackle on your own. You can't manage on your own. Every verbiage you want to use. I have a problem that I cannot manage on my own. I have to have help. And uh, I'm stubborn. I don't like help. I don't want to ask for help. I don't want anybody's help. I don't even want to look at me like they gonna give me help like nothing and uh it was it was was a process and it was an incredible process you know I got a sponsor who you know I don't know that she was keen on at the beginning but she said to me after three or four days you know are you gonna sit here and cry every day and I said well maybe I am I I might just do that sounds just like (laughs) you did are you sitting here crying (laughs) so she's like well I mean do you have a job and I said no I need I need to find one and She's like, well, go apply at three places and come back and tell me what happened. I'm like, oh, my God, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited just to go out and do that. And I went to the first place, which was my buddies, and they were – that's where I worked during drug court, and they knew, I, you know, I was walking back in there again. They're like, come here. We love you. Come here. You know, they were awesome. So got a job, came back, and you would have thought that, you know, I climbed Mount Everest. Like, that's how I felt. I had a job at a restaurant for 10 bucks an hour, and I was ecstatic. And so the little things like that kept happening. You know, I did 90 meetings in 90 days. And, and the coolest thing about that is the first time in my life, you know, I just I was told to just sit down and shut up. And uh, for the first time in my life, I did what I was told. Um, and I didn't even think about it. I, I knew that I was out of options, and I knew that I could not continue another day as it was, period. Um, so I had two choices. You know, I begged for God to just fucking kill me when I was in jail yeah for for 15 days straight I begged and uh since that didn't happen you know I got out and I'm like well now what you know I have 
my friend who passed away, I went to church with her family every Sunday. I got baptized again. <laughs> Four times. Okay. I got baptized again, which hey, do I don't your know. Bits, you know. Is this a particular domination, denomination? That was Baptist. Okay. Yeah, I'm equal opportunity. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go but, You're um, covering the gamut. I am. But you know what? They, they Being in church and being around AA, people taught me how what love, what, what, what love and kindness is. Yeah. Firsthand. Because I had nothing to offer anyone. Nothing. And they just come here and they loved on me until I learned to love on myself. And that is how, you know, I know there's a higher power and how I came to find that higher power. Because, um, you know, I found it in jail a couple of times. You know, I've done all that. But this was different. Um, I had no other options. So you found your higher power in AA? I did. In the rooms? Working the steps. Yeah. Yeah. It's Isn't amazing. it funny how you see, you have this, this um, or I did have this image of, what love is or whatever and then your cars broke down in a hot parking lot and some old cranky cranky son of a gun Vietnam Phil F, Vietnam one bed. of my favorite people on the planet and he Mine probably too. griped the whole time he, he did didn't. it and I, he made shows me, up he and made just, me sit on the tail you know his, his tailgate and and sit there like i tried to help i tried to handle he would he wouldn't he'd sit down yeah yelling oh yeah yeah but he was like the fact that he was doing that for me yeah, yeah. I, I saw so much of that stuff coming in from, from all kind of people. Yeah. And it was just like, why are they doing this? What's the angle? Yeah. And then I realized there was no angle. There's not. There was no angle. And when I realized that, I went, okay, I can I can deal with this place. But like, you know, what it, is going on It's here? not even an epiphany moment. It was just such a thing, you know, about a month sober, I have to move all my shit now. Like, it's been in the garage and a storage unit. I have a two-seater car, y'all. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So I, 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 you know, going to the 5.30 meeting. I was going to 8 o'clock, you know. I was going to all the meetings that I could. And, and I mentioned it. And, and somebody said, well, I got a truck and trailer. Somebody else was like, well, I can be there Saturday. And, and before I knew it, there's four or five people volunteering that said they can help me. And you know what? This motherfucker showed up. On time. Trucks and trailers. Good attitudes. I don't know them from anyone. And your stuff got moved. In like half a day. Not taken. And you they wouldn't take gas money or... You want to call that guy that gave you the ride home from jail? <laughs> I mean, I would at least involved him. I mean, he's been in this story the whole time. He could have supervised or something. And he's probably still awake. He was awake, yeah. He ain't been asleep since she got out of jail, you know? Wow. However, However, to his to his credit, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting sidetracked, but I'm, but to his credit, well, he didn't you know, have to do anything either. He did not have to come and get me. Yeah. He did not have to pay the the five hundred dollars that I didn't have, by the way, and that he has not let me pay him back for. That's come on, awesome. and he didn't have to drive me like that is awesome. It was three hours to Jackson alone. No, it's three hours home. You're in North Mississippi. Yeah. Where? What area? I don't want to. Ac you, I was up Ackerman? by Ackerman. Well, Ackerman's a jail too. We'll just go with I that. I want the treatment up near there. That's why yeah. I was asking. I yeah. figured it was right up in there. Yeah. The parkway, by the way, just to be fair to Dickie, you can't really turn around on the parkway. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Well, and I saw lights. I thought it was an accident. I wanted to go see what was going on. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's an accident, all right. I'm like, let me, yeah. And hey, we got a train wreck right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so th th this is how I know, again, so I'm 30 days sober. I, my people move, these people move me, and, like, all my shit's in this house. Now, friend of mine um i've known five or six years that is a cousin of my friend who passed away you know they've they've always loved me he, they they gave you know they have a house, rent house on the lake and he said you know clean it up and you can move in 
and it was a shithole. Yeah. And I did. And I was so happy to be there. No air conditioning. <laughs> I didn't care. I was painting in 100 degree heat and I was yep. so happy. Like Electricity? Electricity. Yeah. My own. Paid for by myself. Running water. Yeah. Yeah. All the good shit. Stuff not, we take advantage of not, sometimes. Not, you know, I'm not cutting the lock off it. Yeah. 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 Not, what they call it? Squatting? When you just go in I don't somewhere. know if it's your own house and you, you're, you owe $1,000 on the water bill that's only $80 a month. I mean, is that squatting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's, squatting no, that's the right term for water. that. <laughs> yeah. must, I didn't. You must have Bozier water. <laughs> I did. And my buddy would come and cut the lock off and the next day they'd put the lock back on and it would get me just, you know, anyway. It's, it's, it, it I laugh now, journey. but it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny at and all. And this was 30 days sober. 30 days sober, we moved. 30 days sober, we moved. So 45 days sober, I got to co- go to court. That's seven hours away. In Mississippi. In Mississippi. So, you know, I'm going to talk to my attorney, and he's like, don't worry about it. More than one way to skin a cat. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, we're not skinning cats, We're not bro. skinning cats. Like, I'm fighting for my life. Like, so we get up there, and they call me, and I, I have sat there all day. And I'm the only person that is dressed up in a courtroom of 150, like, we're talking flip-flops and cutoffs. And again, 90% of these people are here for drugs. And it just, God, it was such a reality um, check. But they're going home, you know, misdemeanor, misdemeanor. There's so much of it there that, so it's my turn. They call me up and I'm scared shitless. And Judge says, Mr. Vinsky, and he's like, you can go. And I'm like, what the fuck you say? Yeah. I look at my attorney, I'm like, he said, yeah. I'm like, I can leave the courthouse yes ma'am you can tell he's annoyed he's been doing this all day he's not and i'm like i can leave the building yes and my attorney's like are you serious shut the fuck up you know i'm like i can leave the state of mississippi i said that one loud because i wanted to be very clear when i left and he said yes and i suggest you go and my attorney said i told you there was one more one way to skin a cat and i'm like motherfucker okay so i'm leaving i am crying i'm shaking i'm driving out of this little town I'm going the speed limit, past the state trooper. I'll be damned if he doesn't whip around. Oh. I mean, I am 10 minutes from the courthouse. I'm like, no way. And so he pulls over me and this guy behind me. And so I look out the window and he goes, he flags me on. And I'm like, I can leave the road. <laughs> He's like, just go. And they let me go. Wow. They dropped all the charges. And you know what my attorney said? And. He mentioned, he said, um, the DEA and the state trooper and the uh, local sheriff said you were such a nice lady, and they hope you get some help. Well, it wow. seems like you're paying them back. I really think I am right now. Yeah. Today I am. Yeah, today. Today I am. I think uh, yeah. it's probably all they ever wanted. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, as Matt mentioned, there's not a lot of women that make it through the first year of sobriety. Yeah. Nonetheless, make it too, and I'm I'm... So lucky to be in that one percent now, <laughs> instead yeah. of that other one percent I've always been in. Well, and and that's what I wanted to ask you because I want people to hear this, and I think the whole point of all this that we do, and I know that you do a lot of other stuff with treatment centers, and you you carry the message, and that's also why that. you're one of my favorite people because you're involved. You don't, you've always been involved, and if you listen to us very much on this or. If you go to meetings and you listen to people that have a lot of sobriety, you're going to hear the same thing all the time. Helping others, doing, going to meetings, doing all that stuff for you. And I don't want to, I don't want to give your answer, but 
to stay where you're at, to go to two years, to keep going along and life get better. Not just I'm hanging on by a thread, I'm miserable, but like life has gotten better. What would you tell somebody that's listening that is thinking about that's that just got out of jail like you did hmm. and they got their buddy in there that's sleeping it off, you know, before <laughs> yeah. the trip. If they're at that <laughs> point. Tweaker friend. They got yes. their tweaker friend yes, getting ready. You got to rest up, you yeah. know, <laughs> be careful on yeah. the roads. You know, I want to say I did this, I did that, and I did that. But listen, all I did was show up to meetings. And, and it's amazing when you're just willing to walk into a meeting and sit down and, and listen what happens. You know, I, I got the sponsor like we talked about. I worked the steps and holy mackerel, like I had done the steps before a few times. But, you know, I really honestly did them. And, 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 and first and foremost, I was honest with myself. Like stop fucking lying to yourself. Yeah, that's well, what that's, I did my whole life. In step one, the honesty, yeah, is to me anyway, is to ourselves. Hundred percent, sure. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it sounded like, and I sure didn't know how to be it. So that's why, for me, having a sponsor that said, "Sit down and shut up. Do this. Yes, okay, great. Do this. You know, just she didn't give me time to think and react, and I, I, I didn't for the first time ever again. I keep saying that, but I just did what I was told. Don't and, try to outthink it. Well, I was told maneuver, that, you know? I was told, yeah, so Phil also said, you know, you can't outthink this. Yep. You cannot outthink it. And Phil's also the one that said, you know, when I got sober, I had that little note on my mirror, you know, and he says, all right, write this down and put this on your mirror. And I'm thinking, oh, an inspirational quote. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> From Phil. Yeah. yeah. It said, you are too sick to make your own fucking decisions. <laughs> and I had to look at that every morning in the mirror. And my aunt's like, don't you think that's a little bit negative? And I'm like, no, that's really fucking Not true. Not really, if you know Phil. But... Well, but it, it, for me, that, that real simple, to the point is what worked for me. When he's, you know, you can't fucking drink. Okay, I can't, I can't drink. You know, I, I just, and again, it, it my whole life had changed everything, the way I think, the way I act, and it all just stems from I don't drink. And I, I do those things they say to do. But, man, helping others is the biggest for me. I love going to CADA. Um, I love to be in a room full of people fighting for their fucking lives because that's what they're doing. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And it's hard and it's scary. And, and to find someone that, even it's one person that you connect with and you can help them on their journey, I don't, I don't care where that journey leads because that's for them. Um, but gosh, that feels good. It I've does. Got, I've gone with people and they go, man, you know, there's 40 people in there and 30 of them are the court sent them in there and they're trying to get a reduced sentence and they don't care and all this stuff. And I go, if there's 40 in there, you're probably talking to one to two people. That's it. So don't, don't look at, oh, everyone didn't listen mm -hmm. to me. Just the one or two, there's one or two in every one of those that maybe is really trying to and i think you forward. might be surprised how more it is i think that you say something that that sparks something and in sometimes them, yeah you know yeah. i had a guy last week listen y'all you guys know about my kids and that all i wanted when i got there was my kids back that's all i wanted was them to talk to me just to fucking talk to me and so that's all i talked about <laughs> and so i'm you know at 18 months I, I was asked to give my story you know it's right around christmas i text the kids and let them know you know and uh 7.30, they walk in the door. So there was a guy that was celebrating his one year recently, and I told him congratulations after the meeting. You know, it's so awesome. And he said, you know, what, you know what sold this for me and how I know it works? I went to that meeting that you spoke at, and oh, I have wow. heard you talk about your kids. And they walked in there, <laughs> and I said, this shit works. I'm in. 
Yeah. And like, how amazing is that? Yep. Like, it's not even something I did, y'all. It's not even, it's just showing up and being honest and, and, and finding that one thing, yeah. you know, for me, you know, finding a higher power and all that came, you know, I had a higher power, but finding all that came a lot later. But there was that one thing that I wanted more than I wanted to be drunk, and that was to see my children. I had the yeah. same, same issues with yeah. my children. I will say this. I was at that story, and I saw your kids come in the room. Yeah. And it was one of the coolest <laughs> sobriety moments. I know, I know. But it was, it was very cool. And uh, we were all so proud of you anyway, uh, as we are everybody in there. I mean, we, sure. we are. And, but, um, yeah, you know, God, God uses those kind of moments. And like you seeing them, I know it was a big moment, but it's probably a bigger moment for somebody else because you got up there and did it, you know. Yeah. And you and I both had to tell our stories at around the same yeah. time, and we were kind of scoping that out. So we're like, oh, shit. Fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> I'm still waiting on Mike to send me a check for that, but, I, you know, it's been a while, but. Just put it if we paid by the hour, you don't only make fifteen <laughs> minutes more. Put it in the collection box. You'll be yeah. right. <laughs> so so, you know, let me I want to ask you this. Uh we got about ten minutes left. What is life like now? You know, because oh, you're shit. way past forty five days. Matter of fact, you're yeah. past seven hundred days. Well, yeah, and I know, seven hundred and thirty eight to be exact. But you know <laughs> booze counting. Yeah. Um I count every day because it fucking matters. <laughs> it does matter. But it's not a struggle like it was. You know, when I got there in that thirty days, that forty five days, you know, those chips really meant a lot to me because for the first time ever I was truly sober and it counted and it mattered. Like only if only just to me. Um and it was hard. It was hard to not look at me, I'm sober. Look, I'm not drinking. Look at everybody, because that's what I've done so long. And uh, I, I just had to put my head down and keep pushing. And, and little things happened that were amazing. Getting, uh, you know, at about a year, 10 months, I went to the my son playing opening night of baseball and, and got to see him and, and hug his neck. My daughter called me. You know, I got to see it just, those three are all that matter in this world to me. And, you know, I've spent a lifetime making them feel like they are not the most important thing, you know? Yeah. And so I don't, I don't want to waste one minute on um, not making them feel that way again. And the cool part is, is I don't have to. You know, I've learned how to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I laugh and joke about it all the time, but when I first got in there, I did not know how to tell the truth. Like, shit would just come out of my mouth and I'd have to, I'm sorry, hold on, hold on. That's not what I meant. You know, like, oh, God. How ridiculous is that? You know, stealing too. And we laugh about it all the time, but like I pay for all my groceries at Walmart and it, it matters to me. Well, that like, helps pay for some of the stuff you see, <laughs> you see around the studio here. Thank you, Dickie. <laughs> A little plug there, but it's not funny. I mean, it's funny now, but I used to have to steal from there so I could use my cash to buy drugs so I could feed my kid. It just, you know, um, I don't live that way today. You know, what's cool is like I, I pay my electric bill. Like my electricity doesn't get cut off. Yeah. My water, all that stuff. My rent's paid. I don't know. I just. So you have a home. I have a home. Yeah. I have an amazing family. My mom was just here from Alaska, and uh, yes, she, I met your mother. Yeah, yep. she came to a meeting, and you know what she said after that meeting? Hmm. She didn't say it once. She said it ten times. You are so. I am so glad you have a group like yeah. that. Yeah. My mother came last year on my fourth birthday. It's the first time she ever been in an AE meeting in her life, okay? Only thing she knows about it is her delinquent son who's, you know, she's had to deal Not with it. Not delinquent so, anymore. Well, she shows up. I don't know. Jury's still out on that. But uh, <laughs> she shows up, 
and we got we got done with the meeting and we walked out and she looked at me and she said now i get it yeah she said now i understand why you've been able to stop she said that is a special group of people and i said absolutely that's what she so, kept saying where else can you go you can't no there isn't i've tried i've looked yeah I've and here's what's even I've cooler for everything everywhere it, all right so you're talking about getting your chips right and it, 30 days 60 days man i know up man i was yeah. fired up dude me like, too i'm 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 like walking in Walmart. Oops, I accidentally. I meant to give yeah. you a quarter, but yeah. that was my ninety day chip. My bad. Let think, me get that at the yeah. airport. Yeah. Have I told y'all? <laughs> airport, you accidentally <laughs> drop yeah. it in front of everybody. Oops. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's how I was rolling. You yeah. know, no ego there. But uh, um, but what's so crazy is you can take somebody like Phil F, who has forty four or five years. Forty four. Forty four. You can take Mike, who has 12 coming up, 13? Uh, about five weeks away from 12, yeah. 12, okay. Two years. People have six months. Yeah. We're not competing. It's not. And, There's and no competition. There's no, well, he only has. We don't do that in there. It's not. But the outside world, if there was something like that, it's always, I'm going to look down on somebody. or I'm. And there's none of that. There's it's not. like your own personal journey. And it, it doesn't matter what anybody else, you know, so. It's cool to, you know what, it's been amazing to find myself, get to know myself, mm -hmm. control myself, <laughs> learn to control myself, um, to manage myself and my affairs. Like, it sounds so ridiculous because most people already do all that, but for me, I have fought myself my whole life, and yeah. it's awesome to not fight myself. Well, we, um, you know, I personally... Did not know the guy that you see today. I thought the guy that was drinking all day, every day, and wreaking havoc on everybody's life was me. I thought that was my true personality. And and that's another reason for isolation. I'm going to mm -hmm. stay away from everybody because I just seem to screw everything I touch up. Yeah. And it couldn't be, you know, couldn't be any worse. As long as I'm not touching anything mechanical, right. I don't screw anything up nowadays. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember in early sobriety, <laughs> I had this car my dad gave it to me for free right y'all i don't mike might remember it i don't think you were here dicky but it didn't have any windows in it like it was rough dude <laughs> but i drove that car forever but i remember four or five months in i'm driving down the road in that old car i'm going home from work and i look down and my paycheck was sitting in the cup holder and my brain went you got that paycheck yesterday dude yesterday and you didn't run straight and cash it at the liquor store. Like, I didn't have any money, but I didn't need anything. Yeah. And I just was like, it was such a small moment. Most people would never, but it was the coolest thing. And but I was just so like. You're so proud of yourself. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and it's all those little victories to me that have added up to where I am but today. But that's God showing you. Keep doing what you're yeah. doing. It's going to keep building. It's going to keep building, and it keeps getting better. It does. And, and it's amazing. Uh, you know, I went back to school. So I'm a college freshman, and that was a big deal. Um I always want to go back to school. I always want to do this, and I'm doing that shit now. Yeah. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I'm going to Alaska to see my parents. That's They're my mom. Awesome. Um, and I haven't been there since my dad passed away. So it's like, so I, is your dad buried in Alaska? He's he's. <laughs> so my dad didn't do the buried thing. Okay. I, I have spread his ashes at the Texas Louisiana line. Of course, I was drinking Fireball then. Hey, so Wascom. That, that makes well, sense. Right fireball. Yeah. Texas. Well, only, yeah. Then um, down, we have property down south of here, and I spread them there. So okay. he's, he's around. How long has he been gone? Five years. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, you know, my mom was just here again. She she has been drugged through hell and back. And the fact that woman was sitting there smiling. Did she come down just for that? 
Well, she came down because my youngest daughter graduated from high school. Look look at that. On the did same, you go to the graduation? Well, we did. The tsunami hit, and my mom and I sat there while everybody else left, but but it was awesome. Hey. We had the best time. We did, and and they were looking for us, what matters, but we just sat there and weathered the storm. Your what poor mother, we made her, she got right up by you at the <laughs> table, you know. I know she's looking like, there's a hundred drunks in here, you no, know. No, she didn't. She, she did just, great, but she's sweet as she can be. Well, on the same day my daughter graduated, it was my middle daughter's 21st birthday, so we had a nice thing for that. And, uh, you know, the cool thing about my family is we come together for those kids and always have, and they're first and foremost, and that's awesome. So, yep. you know, no bullshit aside, this was about them. And so Mother's Day was the next day, and we got to go down and watch LSU game, yeah. the four of us. And see, you know, it was, it was and Life then she got good. to go to my two-year. And, you know, we just listened to the, all of that. The, she goes to her, her, her mother went to her two-year. Her, her daughter graduated. They went to a, a baseball game. So her, a birthday. To watch my son play. A 21-year-old birthday. Yeah. They went to watch her son play a college college yeah. game. Division one baseball. Yeah, pretty pretty important stuff. And at the beginning of the story, we're sitting in a jail cell facing God knows what. Hmm. And it's been a little over 700, 738 days. 738 days uh, today. Uh, in school. Throw that in there yeah. in school. College yeah. freshman. And College we freshman. know where she works at the restaurant, so occasionally my sponsor and I, he probably yeah. does it more than me, we go by and harass her. And how many ba- how many times you been baptized since you've been sober? <laughs> just the one. There you go. <laughs> well, I, w- I was, yeah, in this journey. I've That's just hedging out. your bets, though, when you're but out you know, there. It was amazing you know, to, let me get in there. Well, it was amazing to be there with my friend's family. You know, they have seen what drugs and alcohol does firsthand, and you know, they lost their daughter to that. And so to be there and... and being baptized and being with them in the house of the Lord was amazing. Yeah. It's something I can't describe. And uh, they will, there's so many people like that in my life that I'm so lucky to have. Mm-hmm. Well, Dickie, we're lucky to have you in our life. Oh, and thank you so much, Lucky y'all. to have you on the show. Look, I want you to come back one day and maybe sit in and co-host one of our episodes. That would be amazing. Um, you know, and you said something earlier that just kind of stuck with me, and you said that we just sat there and weathered the storm yeah. while everyone else got up and left. They did. So... I think that's a good note because we're all weathering the storm while some people just get up and leave. Yep. Yeah. And our uh, our primary purpose is to carry the message, and I think you've done a great job of that today. Thank you all. So Thank you, Mike. Wish you, uh, wish you the best. Whoop, whoop. And, uh, Matt, I wish you the best, too. Yeah, Matt. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Matt's still out back in the state of Mississippi. so I don't know about that. I'm not going to test it. I'm not going to test it. Signing out. For the Grouch and the Brainstorm, this is Mike.